Hello folks and welcome to The Farm, a podcast dedicated to culture, parapolitics, and high weirdness in all its many forms. This is your host Recluse, aka Steven Snyder, the longtime curator of the Visa blog and author of A Special Relationship, Trump, Epstein, and the Secret History of the Anglo-American Establishment. If you like what you hear here today, be sure to check me out at visaview.blogspot.com. That's V-I-S-U-P-V-I-E-W, all one word, .blogspot.com. And procure a copy of that book and my other works at The Farm's official store, which is at thefarmpodcast.store. That is thefarmpodcast, all one word, .store. And please consider signing up for The Farm's Patreon. You get two additional full-length shows per month, that's between three and four hours of bonus material with exclusive guests and content. We've had some great shows lately. Richard B. Spence was on to tell us about Operation Trust. And in the future, I am going to have some uh, very special guests like Eric Davis and Christopher Knowles. Uh, also, the term of Robert Guppy and some others. So it is going to be some uh, very great shows in the future there. So please keep that in mind. All right. For today's show, I've got a trio of repeating guests, and it is an interesting cast of characters to be sure. First up is the former chief of graphics for Cicada 3301 during the mid-period. It was during this time that he encountered such figures as Thomas Schoenberger, who would later gain infamy thanks to QAnon. More recently, his work on Q has been used by the likes of Vice and the HBO documentary Q Into the Storm. He has also contributed to the TED uh, X Mid-Atlantic Conference on Q. Folks, I give you guys Arturo Taviansky, a.k.a. Lestat. Thank you so hey. much for dropping by again tonight, sir. Hey, man, a pleasure to be here. Always oh, awesome. All right. Also joining us is one of the most controversial independent journalists active today. She is a co-founder of Patriot Soapbox, where she is a regular contributor and radio host. She has also appeared in the HBO docu-scenary Q Into the Storm. Folks, I give you guys the great Radix Barum. Radix, thank you so much for dropping by again tonight. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And rounding out the cast of characters is the ultimate repeater. Folks, I give you guys John Brisson. We've read the documents. John, thank you so much for dropping by again tonight, sir. Glad to always be here on the farm as always. Glad to have an excellent panel tonight. Some people I truly respect as researchers, including yourself, Recluse. And um, I guess at this point, I might as well stay at your cabin, huh? As many times as I'm on the farm, huh? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we got to do a live stream at some point from the cabin, man. That would be fucking sweet. All right. So, for tonight's show, we are going to discuss a think tank. And I'm reasonably certain it's one many of you have never heard of before. It's called New America, and is at the absolute heart of the neoliberal order. And while it's been around for a little over two decades now, it has emerged at the forefront of neoliberal institutions in recent years. So, I thought it might be interesting uh, to give this subject a closer look tonight. Okay, so... Let's tackle this beast's origin stories to start out with. The outfit was set up in that pivotal year of 1999, right before reality was totally broken. So, can you guys take us through its inception? Uh, who wants to start with this? Don't everybody rush to volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you want me to start? Yeah, don't go, go for it, John. Okay, so um, I, so New America, like you mentioned, it was founded in 1999. Some of the founding members of it were Ted Halstead, Cheryl 
Schwinger, Michael Lind, and Walter Russell Mead. So some interesting information about the founding members, because when you're looking at a think tank, you always want to say, okay, so, you know, who found who founded and who funded it, right? So Michael Lind, um, he one of the things that he's known for is um, he worked for a few years for the Heritage Foundation State Department Assessment Project, um, and would later um, uh, uh, work as a, a assistant director of the U.S. Department uh, State Department Center of, for the Study of Foreign Affairs. Um, so it's interestingly enough that New America is considered to be kind of like a centrist, quote unquote, left winging, left wing um, think tank, you know, uh, kind of akin to the Council on Foreign Relations or Bilderberg Group. Uh, but however, you know, they have this guy from the Heritage Foundation, where Heritage Foundation and the CMP are tied close together, right? But uh, you know, he's one of the founding members of um, New America. So we're going to learn a lot tonight when we discuss, you know, New America, that even though it tends to lean left in its presentation, um, it's very much in bed with many uh, people within the right part of the world order, too, as well, and through funding and through people who are part of New America. Uh, they're all incestuous with each other. Don't let you think otherwise. Don't let people think let you think that uh, if you're progressive that the CFR is in your favor and it's not in bed with the CMP, or if you're conservative that the CMP is in your favor and it's not in bed with the CFR, or both uh, e either or um, organizations are, are quote unquote uh, fair and balanced in their middle of the road. Uh, that's basically bullcrap. Um, so um, I mentioned uh, Cheryl R. Um, Sh uh, Schwinniger earlier. Interesting thing about him is, um, is he is um, um, the founding director of the World Economic Roundtable, um, and so um, and he served a, as a director for the World Policy Institute, um, and is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Now he uh, has direct connections to um, through the uh, World Economic Roundtable, which uh, is the new economic think uh, Institute for New Economic Thinking. Uh, so that's a joint venture for the Institute of New York Economic uh, Thinking. He's a founding director of their joint venture in the World Economic Roundtable. And Cheryl, uh, you know, being in bed with the Institute of New Economic Thinking, uh, well, that think tank was directly uh, started by George Soros and Open Society Foundation. However, one interesting tidbit, again, we're going to talk about the right and the left being bed together, uh, uh, which some people, you know, they want to go rah, rah, go team, right, you know. You know, they don't want to admit that their side's dirty, too. I'm, you know, I'm a Christian conservative, but I admit that the CMP and Lost or Keller are dirty as they come, you know, as long as the Heritage Foundation, all right? Let's be real here. So if you're progressive, you should be like, oh, yes, the CFR and New America and Bilderberg Group are all corrupt. You shouldn't stand for your team if they're doing bad things. But Cheryl, um, one of the main people within the Institute um, for New Economic Thinking uh, is one Eric Weinstein, of course, Eric Weinstein is the managing director of Teal Capital and runs the podcast The Portal. So again, you know, right and left, it doesn't matter. The elites are all in bed with one another. Uh, and so next is Walter Russell Mead. Uh, of course, Walter Russell Mead um, wrote a lot for the Foreign Policy uh, Journal, uh, Foreign Affairs, which, of course, is published by the Council of Foreign Relations. So, you know, he's got major connections to the CFR. He also served as a Henry A. Kissinger Senior Fe uh, Fellow for the United States Foreign Policy at the Council for Foreign Relations until 2010. 
so he's a major player somewhat in CFR. Um, and then, um, so I think, uh, oh yeah, Ted Halstead, that's right. Now the interesting thing about Ted is, is, um, uh, I think it was 2020, uh, I think it was last year, uh, that he tragically died in Spain during a hiking accident. Uh, so I really don't know what, you know, I try to look up to see if there was any nefarious information about that and didn't really seem like anything that I could find, but still interesting nonetheless that he was, you know, had a, felt relatively young, you know, hiking, fall off a cliff. I'm just saying, it's a little weird. COVID's going on, I'm just saying. Um, but, uh, you know, he um, founded the, the Climate Leadership Council um, and did a lot of work with, uh, you know, pushing... Uh, the, you know, the climate change narrative. And yes, I mean, you can debate whether or not climate change is man-made or not, and if so, how man-made it is. And look, I'm against pollution myself. You know, God gave us the earth. We should be good stewards of it. Uh, but a lot of it is, is politicized, no matter if you're conservative or, or, or progressive. We have to admit that. We have to be you know, honest about that. So those are the founders of, um, you know, New America. Uh, so you always want to look to who started an organization. Now, granted, well, you know, if we discuss later the um, funding, you'll see who's really pulling the strings, right? Because you want to look at, you know, where's the money? You know, follow the money. Um, but the, the, they claim the reason why they founded it was to invest in new thinkers and new ideas to address the next generation of challenges facing the United States. Well, that sounds like anything tank for the most part as far as their mission statements are concerned. <laughs> but uh, you guys got anything else to add to that? Uh, no, basically, like, yeah, just encapsulating, it's uh, basically a democratic think tank that is, uh, as its website states, that since 1989 has nurtured new generation of policy experts and public intellectuals. And it's a community of innovative problem solvers combining the core of expertise in researching and uh, and also what I think that it's, uh, because it, that basically doesn't say much or anything, uh, but it says we surface, chair, and scale logic, locally generated and tested solutions to public problems through a national and global network of public, private, and civic partners. Right, and this is where it goes of like what are the partners of New America, and and what are the areas of interest because it's very vast. You, you know, they got their noses up into the blockchain. It's used in actual uh, property management, uh, warfare, digital warfare. Uh, Google, Google, COVID, uh, pandemic, and that's where the stories start getting getting interesting but i don't want to uh get to the good stuff uh, or just jump in into that uh right now but that in in general that's what it is right it, it's a think tank like many other they influence political and public opinion through their shared networks and and associates yeah absolutely yeah i mean i think one thing to add to that would be um, the what I think is interesting, um, and is that they these are the people who are really like 
they're kind of the ones running things in Washington, D.C. They come up with a policy that gets instituted, right? They give this to lawmakers. So look at, I think it's interesting to look at who they're taking money from, but also, you know, they're not just involved in politics. They're, like John said, they're tied into Google. They're tied into technology, um, legal, like, lawfare stuff. And uh, I think it's interesting that um, they were listed as number 29 of the most influential think tanks in Washington, D.C., um, and their board of directors includes people like the Atlantic correspondent James Follows um, and Fareed Zakaria, for example. So, yeah, they're, you know, they're on the those to watch list for influential groups in Washington, D.C. Yeah, they exactly. certainly seem to be like in the next generation of neoliberal outfits along with the uh, Atlantic Council. I mean, of course, some of these groups have been around for a while now, but uh, they certainly seem like they've uh, found new legs in the 21st century and uh, possibly a brief new life into some organizations like the CFR and what have you. And well, the Trilateral Commission pretty much is only really a powerhouse anymore in the minds of Alex Jones listeners. Uh, I don't think it's done much since the Carter era, frankly. So, um, yeah, you got to have something else. I mean, the Trilats just, you know, they, they weren't up to the task. Let's not get ourselves. So, all right. Well, uh, you know, follow the money is always a good premise to go by. So on that note... Let's get into some of the big donors for this sucker. Uh, John, do you want to lead us off on that one? Sounds good to me. So let's let's look at uh, previous donors before we get to current donors, okay? So previous donors uh, that I found interesting um, in the past um, was uh, you got J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, you have um, Carnegie Corporation of New York. Uh, they gave him $200,000. Um, you have... Oh, what's the um? Uh, the, the, they sell um. I can't believe we're drawing a blank on him. Uh, uh, Charles Schwab, uh, so Schwab uh, Charitable Fund. Uh, they donated three million dollars to to um. Uh, the um, New American. I just think about Schwab business. Well, he's a Republican. And uh, Schwab uh, donated money, uh, the maximum allowance of money he could uh, for, for the, to give Trump a legal defense against impeachment. Um, and recently it came out that uh, over the past year uh, that, that it was an anonymous donor from Schwab was donating to Peter Dajak and EcoHealth Alliance. Um, so you have COVID there as well. So, you, you know, Schwab's supposed to be this really big Republican donor, you know, kind of like the Cokes. Oh, wait, the Cokes have also donated <laughs> to New America. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, but I thought this was a progressive think tank, you know. I thought they were really out there um, fighting, you know, fighting against, uh, you know, the QAnon operation. They have uh, Jared, Jared Holt. Oh, Jared. You sold your soul to Atlanta Council. Your soul's always been sold. All right. So, I mean, you know, and to NATO. Be, yeah, so they're supposed to be fighting all this stuff, right? Like, you think, you know, but why are they so much in bed with the right? They're, they're so much in bed also, with the right. Del Baran from The Atlantic, 
also another the wa- the, 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 wa- the Walton family Walmart okay so if you're against big corporations well, Walmart's directly funding for many years New America now of course I have to talk about what is considered the progressive part of the world order funding them right you know you have Soros you have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, you have Google uh, if we're talking about the right again I forgot to mention of course the Rockefeller Foundation all right uh, the you know the Ford Foundation so you have all these major you know, families that have, you know, generational have been part of kind of like this breakaway society, you know, the elite, for lack of better terms. Uh, you know, you have new money and old money um, from both the right and the left, because really when it comes to the elites at the top, it doesn't matter. All right. They're directly funding New America, which is supposed to be a progressive think tank that's supposed to, you know, represent the progressives. So you have open society course again soros um you have um microsoft ashton kutcher and 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 millie kunis a hundred thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand dollar donation amazon oh boy amazon's google and amazon paying that money paying that money rockefeller still paying them if you're looking you know belk foundation belk hmm I remember Belk ties a lot to the right wing of the world water. What about the what about the Wood family? What about Robert Wood? What about Wood Recluse? American Security Council? No, really. John Burr Society? Huh. So what it was his family foundation or something that was sponsoring? Yes. It? Yes. Yes, that's definitely interesting. I mean, I noted too that the Smith Richardson Foundation uh, was a funder. I mean, of course, um, Smith Richardson was really one of the major uh, donors behind the new right that started to emerge in the 70s, along with the Koch brothers, uh, Richard Mellon Scafe, the Coors family, uh, the Bradley Foundation, and what the Olin Foundation, I think. So, I mean, it was really. Pardon me, John? No, I was going to say, I was going to add to that. Uh, you have the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation and the other, you know, the Wood family too, as well as so you have both. But the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, well, that's Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, another interesting connection too was the Pew Family Foundation. Of course, this is the uh, the family of J. Howard Pew. Uh, for those of you who have heard the excellent research of uh, J. Michael Bennett, aka Doctor Future, my good buddy, yep. Uh, yep. he has done a lot to expose uh, the extent to which uh, the Pew family funded the creation of the modern uh, Christian far right uh, organizations like the Family. Uh, the spiritual mobilization movement, all that kind of stuff. That's very much a big part of the legacy of the Pew family, the uh, modern Christian right, and here they are, funding New America. Oh, Lockheed Martin? Oh, yes. Northrop oh. Grumman? Apple? Mm-hmm. Facebook? What are they doing? Why are all these left world order and right world order coming together for New America? Why, why, why? They're not pure... I- I, th- I, I I wonder if, if you really look at the CFR, I wonder how many, you know, CMP donation families you got and vice versa. You know? It's really interesting when you really dig into this because it's all the same. It's all, they're all in bed with each other. All in bed. They don't have any... At the top, they don't... There's no division. And so, I mean, what are we... I mean, just based off of the alone of whom's donating to New America, I mean, if you're progressive, yeah, you might overlook Bill Melinda Gates might overlook George Soros and Open Society's foundations, but mentioning George Soros is anti-Semitic. But you're going to overlook the Walton family? You're going to overlook um, the Rockefellers? 
you know, you're going to overlook, um, you know, the other numerous groups that are associated with the right world order that's inve that's investing in them too as well, with you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Come on, you got you got to you got you got to do some you got to do some introspection. All right. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, the Smith Richardson family. I mean, was a donor going back to the you know the original America First uh, committee. So, you know, that's it's an interesting lineage uh, for this group to end up funding uh, New America. Um, well, Arturo, uh, Radix, you guys got anything to add? Oh uh, well, I just wanted to add that uh, New America is a good example, and when the line between left and right starts to blur out, right. As we even delve into it, this deeper, you know, when we go into the leaky strats uh, part and what happened with COVID, it's pretty obvious and concerning at the same time that uh, this whole idea of the sides, you know, left and right, it's really in the top consolidated and uh, shared, ga gamified even. Uh, between the elites. Uh, maybe uh, uh, John mentioned it several times, but one of the biggest donors, and I'm just seeing here two donations of over three million and a half a million dollars from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Right? And uh, no, Omidyar also. I don't remember. Uh, I think that I don't remember if uh, John mentioned it, but Omidyar. And if, if you go and see it, of who New America was basically brainstorming, or one of their biggest promoters is Hillary Clinton. But don't fall yep. into the into the trap of of you know thinking that oh this is a left uh, progressive uh, right. I, I would say that that's only what they claim to be, but in reality is uh, uh, consolidating and, and this, uh, you know, again, another octopus sort, sort of, or another hydra, if you want to see it like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. <laughs> like, it's concerning enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Atlantic Council. You know, one of their major members on the Atlantic Council is the Hunt, the Hunt uh, one of the Hunt brothers' sons, you know? So these the, the the Atlantic Council, New America, and and, few, and very few people talk about New America. At least a few people talk about the Atlantic Council. But when you really get to these, you know, groups where you know, they're both sides of the aisle, which are fake. You know, when it comes to the elite. You know, I'm not saying a person's well, individual actually, beliefs. Hold on a second, whether, hold on a second, John. Well, I mean, yeah. Let me ask you guys this. I mean, do you see institutions like New America and the Atlantic Council as possibly an attempt to try to forge a new elite consensus? I mean, obviously, you know, in the the immediate aftermath of World War II, the early Cold War, America was largely dominated by the quote unquote liberal consensus, i.e., support for the New Deal domestically and American foreign intervention. Uh, so. That has gradually been eroded over the years with the rise of the sort of, you know, I guess what Carl Oglesby referred to as the cowboy mindset, but the rise of the Southern Rim in the United States and sort of the reshaping of the American elite going into the Reagan years and so forth. 
I mean, that did, I think, cause some real divisions. And I mean, it's something like the Atlantic Council in New America, this sort of like next generation of think tanks and attempt to maybe try to forge a new sort of consensus for the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I called think tanks the new uh, secret societies, right? It's yes. a really good, good way to whitewash money, you know, and... Uh, make influence with uh, a name you know you know because behind new america you know you got cnn <laughs> right and 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 you got all this and that's the first one and, and that i can think about right now and and so yeah that that's basically kind of like it's an open secret society yeah it's an open source secret uh, open source society let's call it sort of uh you know it, it's public and it, 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 but its influence and its real work, you know, it's invisible Be because yes. they, they're going to move all their sphere of influence, all, all their members, right? You know, even let's move the CNN wheel, you know, oh, uh, you know, the pandemic is happening. And, and so, yeah, uh, um, it's pretty much, uh, uh, yeah, kind of like a modern secret society. And yeah, I would agree with that assessment. I would say that, um, you know, the, the things with the, the modern day secret society being the think tanks is that, look, now you can get tax deductible write-offs for your <laughs> donations. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have that. But also, if you look at, like, for example, their YouTube channel, there are not many people watching this. I mean, one of their exactly. videos from maybe eight months ago had 45 views. So it's not like there is any kind of like public support for this. No, they mm -hmm. operate in the shadows and in secret. And most people have never heard of New America. So yeah, it is a way of wielding influence, but most people have no idea what they are. They can do it right out in the open, in plain sight. And they can do so in a tax-deductible way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Excellent and what you have... When you look at the families here are oligarchs, you have uh, big capital, you have banks, financial institutions that are donating to this and that are part of it. So you have like capital at the top of it. And that kind of money does not really care about political divisions. They fund everything, right? They fund both sides. So <laughs> yeah, and you have both people from both sides there because it's about consolidating wealth and power. Exactly. You know, even, you know, it, it's pretty much that from those think tanks, right, we got the type of engagement that people or that they think that people needs to be into. So kind of like peace works and stuff. I mean, they are deep. One of their topics that they love talking about and they made several even there's uh, this uh, speech or this presentation with Admiral Rogers in New America. I remember that that being one of the first red flags when I started investigating that. It's like what? And uh, you know, you, you would think like what? You know, it doesn't kind of like doesn't make sense. But it's that New America, as nice as it, its name sounds, right? It's really into warfare, both real and digital. And that's where I, I think that's, uh, again, uh, our indicator 
or kind of like a prelude to where we're going at that this think tank has been meddling with. What's interesting too is Rogers is now at Teammate, right? He's at a private company that is a, a cybersecurity firm. He went right there after the NSA, after leaving the NSA. Yeah, probably got a better paycheck than the NSA, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> well, on that note, uh, let's get into uh, some of New America's recent initiatives. Uh, one of those was the launch of uh, the Open Technology Institute which seeks to use open source solutions. And we've heard that phrase open source a time or two on the farm before. Uh, so can one of you tell us a bit about OTI and some of its activities? John, do you want to kick this off? I'll let, I'll let, I'll let Arturo go first. He might know um, more than me on this. Actually, like, uh, I'm more, like, uh, please, man, because that's not, not, like, uh, my area of interest regarding them uh but uh again just uh, saving the question is that once you it, most of the areas of research regarding uh open source and even blockchain technologies goes into actual uh programs that are being applied is like the first thing that you're going to see in your life being be being managed by a blockchain is going to be your property and th this is like not even a prophecy this is something that you can look for and it's already being implemented they're uh -huh. interested in, in smart cities and uh -huh. and and all those kinds of technologies that worry us and at the same time that has been basically most of the time just uh use <laughs> weapon weaponized uh they they they've been researching and doing programs uh, about it, and that's the kind of things that uh, you see the military or ex-military contractors being involved with this uh, think tank, and that's where we go in, into you know the the again the warfare part uh, with uh, I would say illustrate with. Uh, rock star uh personalities like mccrystal uh working uh, I, I would say directly with them but his left hand uh is a member of the of the infamous think tank think tank sorry about that but uh but yeah that's uh the prelude that I, that I can give regarding the interest of, of uh, New America. And what uh, Christina said is true. If you go to their YouTube channel, uh, you would see uh, regarding the topics, they don't have much views, but the content is something that you can't, you, you can't, uh, is the kind of things that, that are happening now and the kind of implementation, even the word that we probably everyone has seen by now, that is that has come with the, this pandemic, is the new normal. A new normal, and, and that's a catchphrase or a keyword 
uh, that you can see its origins are being used and promoted uh, in New America. You know, and and just one that's one, another example of the type of influence that you can, we can see in think tanks. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you want to finish that off, John? Yeah. So. You know, you're, you're right. So the, the Open Technology Institute um, kind of reminds me of a way that they can bring together uh, various people who work in the tech field. Kind of like doing open source but with technology, right? Because these elites are just obsessed with open sourcing anything. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why we have the vagabond economy right now during COVID, right? So... They're, they're, you know, I mean, Stanley McChrystal, you know, used to bring people in as far as the war on terror. We're talking about, you know, people running IIA programs. Uh, um, he would, you know, he would discuss using open, you know, open sourcing to get, you know, whoever they need to do whatever the military industrial complex needs. Um, and sometimes, you know, he would talk about people with bulk, like you'd have someone coming in with like a multicolored mohawk with like piercings everywhere, uh, but they would work for the United States government over in Afghanistan, you know, running these programs, right? So th it kind of reminds me of what they're trying to do with the Open Technology Institute with, with New America is that they're trying to bring together um all of these you know they're kind of like trying to bring in the best and the brightest no matter whom they believe it is no matter who it is to kind of work with uh technology to kind of it's kind of like a think tank version of like silicon valley in a lot of ways um and and they're, they're kind of you know siphoning off people that would normally work for corporations and when it comes to technology, you know, kind of like kind of like a brain drain, right? And you could argue, well, you know, it's bad to work for you know major corporations or defense interests, and I understand that, but it's kind of a, like a way for them to take people that would normally work, hopefully, supposedly, maybe, uh, for the benefit of America, even though a lot of that's debatable, and tech, um, to specific things that they need to do. I know there's one thing they were doing was is they were working for an open source communication platform using cell phones. It was called Commotion Wireless, um, and they were and, and and so I found that to be quite interesting because they were talking about um, the New York Times had talked about it being like the internet in a suitcase. You, know, you can bring the internet anywhere you want with you, which we kind of do have that now a little bit with um, um, using mobile data for mobile hotspots, right? So they were very much early in the game around that, around 2010, 2011, with working directly with the United States State Department at that time um, to kind of put that in, 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 into uh, action. So we're talking about the media working with the State Department for, um, uh, what was it called? Me and Kevin Marsden did a show on it. Um, with Canvas, and it was like the State Department training journalists to work to, to embed them, you know, as like, you know, like regular, you know, investigative journalists, like, but it was through directly embedding and training with the State Department uh, in uh, foreign combat zones and domestic zones. 
So they're using these this technology through open source technology through New America for those purposes, you know, to be able to embed those journalists in foreign countries to be able to steer the narrative any way they want to, right? Like they had him cover, for example, protests. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it, Arturo? And they've been doing this since the late, you know, 2000s. So. Yep. But yeah, I mean, you guys got anything else to add? Well, yeah, I would. Oh, go yeah. ahead. No, go ahead, please. I would say that this kind of reminds me of the 2014 speech that General Flynn made about open source technology and how it would like change the military and uh, the intelligence community and how they did things um, and bring in innovation and new, young, fresh minds and ideas. But, you know, when you look at like what they're talking about specifically on their website, they're tying this to... Um, the fourth industrial revolution they're kind of tying it to this the great reset um you know and they kind of the way they're marketing this to a progressive is human rights improving human rights in other countries um and giving people the tools to be able to hold the powerful to account which come on that's not what they're interested in look at who these people are so um, I think that it definitely ties in. I mean, they even call it like the the new normal. The normal we have right now is not acceptable. We need a new normal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, getting it, they are specifically wanting to get this technology into uh, corporations, into governments, into schools. Um, so I think that's interesting. And they also kind of tie it to stakeholders. So this is like stakeholder capitalism, where they want to kind of get all these people together, they want people from civil society organizations, NGOs, academia, uh, big business, big tech, the banking sector, and they kind of want to pull them all together um, and get them all into like one place, right? Because they talk about like the collective best wisdom for global digital rights. So it is sort of what you said earlier about um, this kind of creating a new narrative and a new ideology to get everybody behind a new America. Yes, exactly. Uh, And and you said something really uh, key is is the narrative, right? And, And controls the narrative right now it controls reality at least for a big sector of the public if not every every sector of the public right and and in change in times of crisis or or in times of change or in kind of a big disaster just like the one that we're going through that's especially the moment where they take advantage and push all this policies that otherwise in other moment would have seen outrageous or just you know stepping over our privacy and and you know, we just uh take it right just best example is uh, how many states or i think that israel is using palantir and other, uh, there was other places that we we're using palantir to track the people who have uh, been vaccinated or not or the people who even showed symptoms and who yeah I've done, a major, I've done a major show on this not to interrupt you arturo but 
Uh, yes, you're talking about Operation Tiberius Kirk, um, which is a major part of the United States uh, monitoring of COVID from distribution, from manufacturing to distribution, to shot and arm, then all your previous medical history, current medical history, and, and years afterwards medical history has to be maintained to see what happens once you get the uh, vaccines in the United States. In the UK, even though the UK quote unquote lost its contract supposedly, and the World Health Food, uh, the World Health Food Pro uh, World Health United Nations World uh, Food Program is delivering food and COVID vaccines to the third world using Palantir's technology as well. So yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> and the other thing that I wanted to comment is this open source thing, open source idea of open source everything. Who who had that uh, slogan, the rest in peace, Robert David Steele, right? Uh, open source everything. That guy was doing presentations about the effectiveness of open source. And w what Christina was mentioning, right, consolidating this whole, every sector, right, to, to create this, doesn't that sound like the global brain idea? You, know, you mean the nanosphere or something like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and if you tie the knots, and I'm going to say this, like, uh, for the people who know, you know, if you tie the nanosphere being pushed by LaRouche Pack, who, that LaRouche Pack is one of, uh, you know, another think tank, but who is member is Bill Binney, you know, and that LaRouche Pack pushed the Seth Rich thing. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. And that they are also into the Brenton Woods thing. And, and that, that thing is, is you, it's going to blow your mind. Uh, I'm sure that many already are. But yeah, LaRouche Pack, Bill Binney, uh, and New America are connected. Wow. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. Wow. Yeah. Through the Brenton Woods uh, you know, initiative or idea and, and thing, and that's something that was is concerning, and that's something that uh, honestly, like, it, it just I just you know remember that <laughs> I forgot to mention it, but yeah, and I'm I'm 100 sure of that. Yeah, uh, it, it was one of the biggest red flags of of and why I started inviting everyone to investigate about the New America thing because you know there's uh, this. LaRouche pack that connects to not only that to the Barbara Max Huber thing to the Occupy uh, Occupy Wall Street thing uh, and so yeah you know there's a lot of meat on this topic I really hope that this uh, you know well, encourages I other people to you know there's a lot to just completely well yeah I mean it's, uh, it's, it's very elaborate and I mean I think a lot of it honestly goes back to some of the Cold War psychological operations, because I mean, the the concept of the Nunosphere seems to have been uh, developed independently, separately, both in um, Russia and uh, also I mean, through the Jesuit priest uh, Deschardes, and then of course in Russia it was kind of tied in with the uh, the cosmetists, I believe, uh, which also I mean kind of gave us one of the early precursors to ancient alien uh, ancient aliens and all this other stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff that's been written about, you know, the woo-woo kind of things that went on in the Soviet Union, and almost all of it is utter garbage. Um, there's very little evidence that there was any kind of support for some of this, you know, kooky ESP-type stuff within uh, the Soviet state. 
But the cosmetists had been really crucial to the development of certain aspects of science there, and some of the newosphere stuff did continue to be uh, promoted in some circles, uh, specifically within the Russian elite. So to kind of switch gears, uh, you know, when you go back and you look at some of the stuff that they were doing at SRI with the remote viewing stuff, uh, it's really important because uh, that, along with the closely related fundamental physics group, which was also active there, provided a lot of the quote-unquote scientific underpinnings for the you know New Age movement that would come along. And again, one of the big ideologies that was promoted at SRI and some of this, you know, the research into remote viewing and so forth was... Chardet in the Nunosphere. So mm-hmm. if you're kind of looking at this possibly as a psychological operation, it's very fascinating because later this, you know, as you've alluded to before, Lestat kind of drifts into the circle of Barbara Marx Hubbard and a lot of the broader New Age community. And then mm-hmm. by the late 1980s, we see hot tub diplomacy being carried out at Esalen with Gorbachev. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting how all this stuff kind of plays out like that so the Nunosphere stuff is very important i think uh in a much broader yes. term than people realize exactly mm-hmm. and and, and yeah. especially the larouche pack I, I, again sorry to interrupt but just to for people to remind to remind that that's just one of the main things because another guy that's uh involved in that is ray mcgovern and Ray McGovern, one of the old 9-11 truthers, he, you know, kind of like celebrity within the WikiLeaks community and so on, but super tied in with Bill Binney and with a name, known character named Trevor Fitzgibbon. And there was times where the LaRouche pack a long time ago um, occasionally put out some interesting information but ever since they jumped on the trump train and what you know when i'll you know look i'm no fan of obama i'm no fan of any president but all of a sudden when they were anti heavily anti-obama you know kind of pushing yeah. the valeli you know obama's liquidating all the generals which you can cue an mythos later aspect you know that's mm-hmm. when the Rus completely had lost any well you know somewhat or a little credibility that the lurish pack had you know yeah, I think that um, the weird thing about them is uh, they, weren't they, there's something, I was reading one of their big projects, because I've met these guys that are, like, from LaRouche Pack at several events that I've gone to, like, to cover on the ground. They always have these big signs that they're wearing about, like, the banksters or whatever, and they give you, like, these business cards. Um, they There's something that they were promoting. I think it was some Lyndon LaRouche project about, like, kind of working with China and Russia to create and Iran. some... And Iran. Oh, yeah. So, Iran. so this yes. is tied in with, like, Lyndon LaRouche's movement then, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay. Oh, that's yes. interesting as well. I mean, especially with yeah, the they want that this... LaRouche was, like, involved in over the years, certainly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of promoting this new green world. It's sort of like the Belt and Road Initiative, but with like green stuff thrown into it and this futurism, you know. That sounds kind of like a sci-fi, you know, has that sci-fi scent on it. But yeah, I'm glad that you guys are really aware of, 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 yeah, I'm surprised and I'm happy of listening that you guys really already know about the Lurge Pack and why it's relevant, right? And more you think about 
uh, again, its members and that, you know, they, they for a long time, and I still think that they still do push the Seth Rich Gooster uh, raid. I, I, I do have to go, I, in their defense, from an article of Elvis and Dockies back in the late 80s, where they both literally said that Trump and Biden were Russian agents. Okay? So. Oh! <laughs> I got you a little credit <laughs> on that back then. Alright? There's a little something there. Alright? And, you know, just talked about how Trump. It also mentioned uh, Recluse's favorite, uh, Resorts Unlimited. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Alright. That, that's enough on LaRouche, <laughs> but it's interesting. <laughs> Alright, so as we've been kind of getting out of here, this think tank has attracted a lot of curious characters over the years. Presently, it is headed by Anna Maria Slaughter. So, what is her story? Uh, John, do you want to start on that one, buddy? No, Recluse definitely, I mean, not Recluse, um, Arturo definitely has on Anna Maria right, Slaughter. Right, you you, you got this. I'll, 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 I'll follow up on this. You, you were the one who brought her to my attention. So. Yeah, I mean... You know, just the name should be a giveaway. Yeah, you know she's that. Got, like that, that would be a freaking great name for like a comic book villain or something like that. Yeah, just <laughs> you know, you just imagine. Yes, I would. That name's. You I know, mean, it makes me want to buy her badass. black cat, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like imagine her her license plate, like just slaughter. You know, just. Playing just it, it, it even has like the name of a, of a heavy metal band. <laughs> oh yeah, you could totally name a metal band just Anna Maria Slaughter, man. That would be that would be so metal, Arturo. Yeah, that's that's you know that's uh, that's a good name for 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 a band. But anyway, like this lady is super interesting. Uh, definitely not. She uh, we could do a maybe like a show on her, but uh, yeah, Anna Maria Slaughter is the CEO of New America. You know. Uh, she's been there since I think 2003. Uh, yes, uh, 2000 and, and August 2003, and uh, um, you know, she's been she's so she was also uh, just escaped my the name of, but she was also in government in the Obama era. Uh, I think that she was uh, director of policy of. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, back on you on that. But she's also uh, been in uh, with O'Reilly's Next Economy. She's she, been she, she worked. For, she, she was. Yeah, I, didn't mean, I just wanted to finish that part. Uh, she was director of policy planning for the U.S. State Department under uh, Hillary Clinton from two thousand nine uh, to two thousand eleven. Exactly. Uh, thank you, John. And that's, you know, this relationship with Hillary Clinton is uh, going to be reflected towards this new Ameri uh, America uh, always, right? There's uh, do documents and images even with, uh, with her name on it. But anyway, she's also been a speaker for American Council on Education Meeting uh, in Washington. And uh, yeah, and she's been working with Wikistrat, yes, the Wikistrat, since November 2011. Oh, wow. You can't make this stuff up. You can't. <laughs> exactly. I mean, from, she has, you know, a really big curriculum, uh, but the main points here is how can you uh, balance, right, working 
with as an expert at Wikistrat and at the same time at New America. I'm going to tell you how how she they did it. Well, you you probably you remember some of the pre-COVID, and this is really going into sensitive topics, but I'm I'm, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> and you got you guys got to remember that before the actual pandemic started, there were simulations that were run by different think tanks that you know just happened to run a simulation about COVID, <laughs> you know, and started in Wuhan and. Basically, what this was is was a, a game, right, where several experts came to a table and they LARP about uh, that there was a pandemic. And so every expert, there was the military expert, there was uh, from the science, uh, news, and uh, so they were kind of like gaming the idea that uh, there was a pandemic, and so they were throwing back ideas, and at the same time, they were... Uh, seeing feedback on a screen where, uh, you know, the uh, fake news reporters would be giving uh, updates regarding the evolution of this fake pandemic uh, that were that they were simulating in that moment, right? Uh, uh, I, I think that one of the name was uh, Pandemic X or something. I don't know if you guys remember one of the s several simulations that were run before the actual pandemic started. E Event 201, the, the yes. famous John Hopkins one with the partnership of the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Exactly. So that's the big one that most people talked about. Exactly. Uh, but, um, but yeah, you're right. The New America was running their own simulations. Mm -hmm. Boy. And, and, the, and the people that were running those simulations were uh, the Wikistrat guys. <laughs> The Wikistrat people, the main guy behind it's this uh, famous uh, Israeli. Yeah, do you want to break uh, down Wikistrats for the kids at home here and kind of get? Oh, well, hold on! I do got something to say about Amory Slaughter real quick before we get to Wikistrat. Okay. Um, okay. Is is that she wrote a book uh, in the early two thousands called A New World Order? Okay. Oh yeah, that's and, super. And, <laughs> and her book was like, hey, guess what? Uh, the New World Order is already here, and so we might as well embrace it. And uh, right. it, and the New World Order is not a collection of nation states that communicate through presidents, prime ministers, foreign ministers, the United Nations. Nor is it a clique of NGOs. It's governance to a complex global web of government networks. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's actually like, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, 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 but you're in it. NGO. Yeah. I'm so confused. Uh, and then uh, they, they blame people that come up with conspiracies and they publishing stuff like that. Like, give me a break. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what am I supposed to think, you know? <laughs> you know, so she says, you know, I mean, I just, it's just ridiculous. It's just the whole thing's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I was so going on Wikistrat. That was the last thing I wanted to say about Anne Marie uh, Slaughter is how. <laughs> Yeah, that that's I've I've seen that and it, I, I when I saw it, it was just just like too funny. I I yeah, you can't make this stuff up. Well, exactly. yeah, and she seems to be sort of like a professional um, person that they kind of trot out to talk about foreign policy. Like while she's at Wikistrat, while she's at New America, she appears regularly on CNN, BBC, NPR, PBS. She writes for Foreign Policy Magazine. She writes mm -hmm. a column in Project Syndicate. Um, she's on uh, the 
boards of the CFR, the National Endowment for Democracy, NED, which you guys know is very CIA-tied, the Mm. National Security Network, Brookings Center for New American Security, the Truman (laughs) Project, and the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and she was a co-director of the Princeton Project. So I guess she's doing all this, right? She's getting stuff done. All right. Yeah. <laughs> she's a big like she's a like big shot. Like she's she's out there. <laughs> she's she's making it big. She's a and, lady boss. But yeah. hey guys, remember though, the CFR, okay, they're fair and balanced on both sides, all right? So we have you know, the, you know, she worked directly with Hillary Clinton, all right? Like under the State Department and like really looks up to Hillary Clinton. But yeah, she's tied to all of these neocon deep state, lack of a better term, like think tanks, right? You know, think tanks that a lot of people on that are progressive uh, not necessarily might not care about, like the CFR or Brookings, but shouldn't they care about the Center for New American Security? Or am I missing something here? You know? uh, yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, absolutely. And just one thing, maybe people are going to think, like, you know, they're thinking bad about, you know, again, you can't blame people for just noticing the obvious that when the, the best example that I can give you is that, you know, when Bill Gates came out for the first time to give his opinion regarding the pandemic, right, he went and do it in CNN. Right? So the fact that Bill Clinton, that the, uh, you know, Bill Gates, you mean? That Bill, Bill Gates uh, is giving money to this uh, think tank that is associated directly with CNN, and they have it way printed in their in their website. It's it's not a you know a loose connection. Is they work with them, you know. So if you see Bill Gates going on on that, but for you know instead of any other. Uh, you know, media company or whatever you, you can think of, is that, you know, they're obviously, you know, they give the facility or, or the direct way within their own ranks or within their own members to to push any the critical agenda to, towards the right uh, media or towards the, the right, uh, you know, and, and when that think tank is working with a company called Wikistrat that, just to resume it, is this <clears throat> company that creates, that has been uh, out there for a long time, is from its CEO, uh, Israeli Joel Samuel, has been uh, reported as being involved uh, to gamifying uh, our, a Russian hack to, uh, you know, sway democracy in America and then giving the results to Trump Jr. to, you know, being the, the guy behind Psy Group and Black Cube. All uh, connections to Cambridge Analytica. Absolutely. And Bannon and Flynn. Bannon. Mm-hmm. And, Let's, you know, McChrystal. Dare I say McChrystal? <laughs> we'll get to Crystal in a second, but get into the, the ties that Wikistrats or Zamel specifically has to the Cambridge Analytica network for the kids at home. Well, uh, well, there has been contracts uh, between 
not, not only they've been introduced to the Trump campaign, they offer the service. There are documents that that show uh, the work that they were going to do that, you know, just by coincidence involved uh, creating a bunch of bot accounts to sway public opinion regarding Trump in his favor. <laughs> and with the same steps that we saw kind of like applied, but uh, there's there are contracts where after Trump won, where uh, Cambridge Analytica and and Joel Samuel, uh, in this case uh, representing uh, Cy Group, but may, maybe I'm confusing the the two of uh, of them. Uh, the thing is, it was and, Cy Group. Uh, it was Cy Group. Yeah, yeah, it was Cy Group. But the same person, Joel Samuel, who is the CEO of of, of Wikistrat, that again has been it, it's they gamify uh politics they they gamified actually if you want to be uh, wikistrat is a, a portal where you can access and buy the service and and you can access uh, uh a well uh, a pool of knowledge uh, that has been feeded by a lot of experts by a lot of uh data analytics and and so how that information is collected is mainly through a gamified uh network of of experts or yeah the, the, i don't remember the exact name but you can be uh you, you can be a, a an employee of of wikistrat and but not really be called that because you only access a portal where you win points by giving answers to political questions and so if the, at certain amount of points you you uh upgrade or you level up and and you're in the next tier where you are able to change those points to, for prizes basically and and so on and so forth until you reach uh, you know, top level master uh, chief. I don't know, but it's how a game works, right? And and up to up until you get to the high point, that's where they can hire you uh, seriously, or where you get more interaction with other high tier experts. And so that's one of the main ways that they uh, collect the data. You know, and so yeah, that's. Uh, that's Wikistrat in a, and they have this uh, long history of doing several simulations for influential people like Trump, like, uh, you know, things going on. The last thing I, I remember seeing about them is that they, they were going to run a simulation about uh, uh, foreign policies uh, being uh, imposed into China and China cutting off everything from the United States. So how, what were they going to do? And, and basically the experts, uh, again, give their opinion or, or their assessment on the situation and they win points. <laughs> so that's basically Wikistrat. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting yeah. to point out too that uh, like you were getting at earlier, um, Zamel did those contracts with the Trump administration after uh, the election, not uh, mm -hmm. run up to it, but after yep. the election. So, 
Exactly. I think people who have heard our prior podcast will be familiar with Zamel and Wikistrat and how they work. And, you know, one of their things, too, is like open source intelligence and crowd crowdsourcing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so one of those people who were in the portal was Jamal Khashoggi. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's another really yeah. deep topic, yeah. Yes, Khashoggi was, what, an employee to some extent with Wikistrat, like right around the time that he was uh, dismembered, right? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And they first denied that. And then one of their own employees leaked it. Another point to um, Zamel, uh, you know, when he was beginning to have his overtures with the Trump administration at uh, one of the Trump Tower meetings in August of 2016, uh, George Nader, I believe, was there, and uh, he was uh, allegedly uh, representing uh, the uh, United Arab Emirates and, um, oh, MBZ, I think it is, uh, Muhammad. And, 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 and you know who worked with Nader, Brody, the United Arab Emirates? Eric Prince. Yeah, Prince was, I think, the one who had actually set up that. And who and who was all there working with them, going to the UAE, making sure it was all done? Who's that? One General Stanley McChrystal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I thought Stan the Man hated Trump. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, but that's where it gets interesting right and, and and it's not even directly with McChrystal is with his second uh, with his left hand on the his McChrystal group this co- uh, consultancy group that he has where he gives basically just uh, speeches about uh, being a leader uh, he's one of his uh, associates, close associates that, that I'm just looking really quickly for the name, uh, but uh, yeah, also ex uh, military. Uh, he's that you know, in uh, an employee of New America, also. You know, the the one of the main guys was, uh, and so the the thing is, and and what's concerning about. Uh, this this think tank is, is that you know again it blurs out the line between left and right. You know, it obviously is feeding and it from it's reactionary towards what's happening on social media or in uh, general culture, right? Specifically, in, in American. So uh, this uh, reflection of, of of this reaction that they they have you know it's going to be filtered uh, towards all those uh views or ideals that are you know in the same time creating the problem that would say like the digital warriors are creating the problem of disinformation let's call it and and so this think tank because new america has been involved in 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 anti-q or or q related uh papers and investigations several times. Uh, I, I'm sure that it's not hard to find, I'm sure, people connected directly with New America within our own circle, let's call it, of, uh, you know, just, just between our, our people that even, uh, you know, share contact directly. Because 
it, it extends towards influencers. And, and uh, so I'm still looking for, for the name. I don't know if you guys can rescue me on, on the name of, of the McChrystal's, uh, General McChrystal's second hand on the McChrystal group. Use another general. Uh, yeah, but in the meantime... Not offhand, I can't think of who you're talking about, Tor. I apologize. No, that's um, that's that's okay. Were, were they a member of New America too? Yeah, actually, he's oh. he's uh, he's in the payroll, you know, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 sure that I'll, I'll be able to find it in a little bit. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, this uh. Going back into the Khashoggi thing, that's the thing that that uh, popped up. Actually, it was that uh, Wikistrat in June 2018, in an internal message, said, "Here's a person who we've already recruited, and we are looking for the same." And they mentioned Jamal Khashoggi. It was done by senior executive uh, from Wikistrat in October 2018. Uh, in another another internal message, he. Khashoggi was on a list of people we wanted to bring, but he wasn't a member of the community. Senior weakest track executive again. And an official statement on uh, 2019, he, uh, it was Elf. an unofficial. Christopher yeah. Elf, you sell? Yes. Yes. Adam, 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 Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Go on, Rukus. We figure it out. <laughs> and he and he is a he was a he was a officer training training Navy SEALs. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. sorry about that. I, was, I, I took me a minute to find it to my notes, but I had him down written down there. So. No. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And I don't know if a certain person wants us to give them credit when we're doing the research for this. Um, if they if uh, they do, let me know. I'll give you all the credit in the world for your research, but um, I'm not gonna publicly say your name just in case you don't want me to. But um, <laughs> but yes, okay. But but go ahead, we're close. All right. Well, um, we're on the topic of McChrystal. Do you guys have anything else to add besides that? I mean, other than Anne Marie and McChrystal are thick as thieves, and Stan the Man's going to New America all the time to give speeches and. You know, Christopher Fusel, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, and then McChrystal getting all the contracts for COVID, right? You have the mayor of Boston, who later became exactly. Secretary of Labor under, you know, um, Biden. Um, and then, you know, New America pushing hashtag new normal for COVID, being their AI, you know, think tank, roundtable driven um and you know, lex entering that into the lexicon that's now being used for COVID specifically, and stay in demand, getting all these contracts and getting all this money for the McChrystal group, uh, handling vaccines and handling COVID preparedness for major cities, getting you know millions upon millions of dollars. And but what is he really doing? You know? Yeah. Don't forget, he was also on Biden's transition team. He was one mm -hmm. of ten generals and don't forget his um defeat disinfo mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly that was the 
you know, a good way to feed off something that basically they were kind of creating because people think that McChrystal and Flynn's relationship was cut off, but they were close. They, they were very, very close. And they, you're talking about the two main guys responsible of, or what, that their specialty was PSYOPs. All right. Well, um, were there anything else also on the Wicked Strat, Wiki Strats uh, connections to um, New America that you wanted to get? I mean, Amory Slaughter's pretty much Besides slam that, okay. dunk, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on then to uh, warfare and possibly blockchain. Uh, Listat, did you have anything else on blockchain that you wanted to add that New America's tied into? Mm, not really. Uh, I could just seen... I could discuss real quick. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Please, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, of course, I'm always, you know, uh, shout out to Clay Van Diver. Um, I'm always, um, you know, running some of my information by him and running by, by you recluse and uh, trying to, you know, find out, okay, so what the, what, the, what the elite's doing with the blockchain? What are they investing in, you know? So, uh, New America, they set up a blockchain trust accelerator um, back in 2016. And so they were kind of using um, kind of funding and platform boosting various blockchains that they see fit. Um, and they, they, they're, you know, they claim they're using governments, technologists, civil society organizations, and philanthropists to build blockchain pilots that benefit society. So, of course, <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, you have David Troy. Uh, railing against blockchain technology and how the right is profiting off of it. Hey, Dave, uh, the left's profiting it over off of it too, bud. All right, both sides of the world order. The elite, they're making money on the blockchain, no matter who it is. All right. So I was, you know, looking at some of the blockchain uh, that they were paying through as far as the ledger is concerned. So one of the first ones that came up was Agoria. So Agoria is powered through Ethereum, and it's bridging voting systems in the digital age. So they're talking about putting votes on the blockchain and keeping it democratic. Oh, you don't say, like, uh, QFR, like the quantum financial reset, and, um, oh, the, what, what were they calling them? The, um, the conservatives during the election kept saying that there were these codes on the voting ballots that, like, yes, yes, the blockchain. Yes, yes, that's what the was trying to push. Yes! yes. Uh, ex except, you know, that's not fully instated yet, but it's something that's coming. Oh, it's something that's coming. So, you know, you, they, they, their background, they're working with Intel and the African Union and the Department of the Treasury and AT&T and T-Mobile and J.P. Morgan and uh, the United States uh, State Department, oh boy. Uh, and so, you know, they're working, working with a lot of major groups. Um, and, you know, they're working directly, you know, it was uh, New America who was getting Agora, uh, you know, started through their um, kind of like their blockchain trust accelerator. Uh, you also have Building Blocks, which is used by the World Food Program, powered by Ethereum. Uh, to track food uh, to the world in hunger, which, yes, we all went in hunger, but I don't trust. You know, just like if you're upset that um, uh, AmeriCares, through the Round-Contra Affair, CMP, you know, we're, we're, we're giving care packages and to, to, to the Contras, you know, and to, 
you know, getting all, a lot of care packages down there to Latin America, right? You don't think there's some shenanigans going on with the World Food Program, food program too, with the United Nations, and it ain't only food they're dropping and shipping, all right? So, yeah, I mean, New America's got all of these, and you can go look, you know, and see exactly what they're dealing with. That's just happened to two of them that happened to, to, to uh, catch my attention. Uh, but they're definitely looking into blockchain technology and funding their own blockchain for the elite's use. So it's quite interesting. You know, you thought they may would have, you know, gotten to the game quicker uh, than 2016. Um, but it's still interesting nonetheless. I'd love to actually do more digging and see if I can find out any information more about what, you know, what they're doing. Their big thing seems to be blockchain and election integrity. However, I will say this. There is some interesting information about, you know, many of the people that they have partnered themselves with, like IBM, and uh, and uh, surveillance to the blockchain for COVID. And we know that there are certain uh, coins that are doing that currently, like VeChain or Hedera Hashgraph. Um, so, again, you know, New America is looking into that, too, as well, uh, through their blockchain trust accelerator. Uh, so, you know, you have tracking of COVID, you have tracking of voting, you have tracking of, um, them trying to, to figure out the tracking, you know, virtual currency donations. And yes, there is a lot of illicit money laundering going on by nefarious parties through blockchain technology, right? Uh, and, and the sale of NFTs, you could say money laundering for art, for example. But I would actually argue that a lot of that money laundering, though, you know, there probably is some mobs involved, some drug money involved, money laundering with that. Of course, a lot of that uh, blockchain uh, money uh, is, 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 is black projects through the United States Central Intelligence Agency, for example. Uh, a lot of that's what's going on. But, yeah, I mean, that's the inf all the information I have on uh, New America and um, the blockchain. Uh, it's just that they seem to be funding uh, through the Blockchain Trust Accelerator, securing funding and funding um, uh, many different uh, projects relying on the blockchain. So hopefully that was helpful information. Yeah, I would say um, one thing to add to that is this thing about controlling narratives, right? And this think tank kind of being beyond the left and right um, when you look at what they're doing, it looks like they have an agenda and then they take, they have different ways of funneling that message to different target audiences, you know, using probably something like data analytics in a very similar way that Cambridge Analytica was doing. So they have people set up into these different silos on the internet. And through that, through social media, they can target them with different things. And for the QAnon or conservative side, one of the big things that keeps getting promoted, and I would say artificially boosted, is this, the quantum financial reset, this mm -hmm. Gesara, Nessara, yep, it's all tied so. yep. into the new age stuff, yep. that they want to bring in blockchain technology yep. for the for the financial system, not just for voting, but they, they're selling it to them for voter integrity, election yep. integrity. So think about that. They have different ways of making a certain thing that they want palatable for different audiences. That's what's going on. And, and one if, of the and things in this is Ripple. They're big into yep. the QFR stuff, Ripple. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
and 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 the Ripple Army was pushed on 4chan, and 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 I talked about this with Clay Van Diver. I was pushed on 4chan, and the the QAnon ops very much, you know, are very much in league with Ripple. Um, and Ripple, yes. of course, had its initial funding through Peter Thiel, um, and in the Peter Thiel Foundation. So again, it just shows that you know. Well, also, I mean, me too, is uh, the biggest holder of uh, Ripple, I believe, at the time of his death was Matthew Mellon, uh, heir of the Mellon family. Uh, the actually richest melon of his generation. He was a billionaire at the time of his death. Most of his money was held up in Ripple. And um, he's the brother of Christopher Mellon, who was uh, big in pushing the To the, Star to the Stars Academy narrative uh, on UFO disclosure of late. So there you have the fake alien invasion part, tying in all this yep. as well. You know, so it's just always constantly going back back to the you know none of this is for us now granted if they do ever get an asara gasara like reset blockchain you know i would you know i'm not trying to put words in radix's mouth but i would say as both of us being christians i almost wonder if it's at the time for the mark of the beast at that at that point right you know, it's like <laughs> uh, but i mean but they are pushing it you know and then well, so the great re the great reset leads to the great awakening it, it you know and the great awakening's faults but still leads to it. It, it from the way you guys are describing to me it kind of seems like their new america is being used to um sell the left effectively on blockchain bingo I mean, it's, it's interesting bingo in that sense because i mean yeah blockchain i mean came out of the cryptocurrency thing and i mean this is just totally the legacy of the you know the cypherpunks and the exotropians and i mean a lot of other really radical libertarian uh groups along with the paypal mafia i mean who were you know very much subscribed to a lot of the same ideology so yeah that's uh, very interesting i mean especially with some of the other connections that we've already highlighted thus far all right well uh did you guys have anything else on the broader connections between new america and the military industrial complex I mean, when they're being funded by the military-industrial complex, they put forth generals from the military-industrial complex, like McChrystal, among others, um, and they're in league with the military-industrial complex. I mean, what else am I supposed to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and they're 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 promoting a surveillance system. This is part of a Google initiative that's using AI to create a global. 24-7 real-time surveillance grid um, that ties into the smart cities. It ties into blockchain and all of the other stuff that they're trying to sell the left on. And the way that they're trying to get them on board with things like blockchain is they're telling them that this is going to empower, um, you know, uh, poor people and people in developing countries Voting. this is going to give them the tools to get onto the internet mm -hmm. and you know to uplift them this is a lie it's not motivated by human rights and seeking to create justice um which is what they constantly talk about with the left oh it's about social justice no it's not it is about controlling people yeah, I mean, that's a very valid point. And again, um, you know, I, I've done a lot of research on the history of cryptocurrency for my upcoming book. And I mean, yeah, there were um, some very extreme ideologies uh, present in a lot of the groups that were pushing this stuff. Um, and yeah, it should definitely give, I mean, a lot of self-described liberals pause to see the uh, fascination that some of these groups have with blockchain technology. 
All right, so how about New America's ties to Webcraft? So first off, what is Webcraft? I believe this is your thing, Arturo, right? Arturo. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. You're good, bro. Just, mm -hmm. So Webcraft is a term, I could say, developed by Anne-Marie Slaughter. And it's a replacement to what which he also mentions as, or what was, statecraft. And what basically it's going to be like the new foreign policy. You know, instead of, of, of this, uh, this webcraft, would be kind of like towards pointing something similar to social justice. But it's, uh, it's uh, consolidated or it's a uh, synchronized uh, effort done by several media outlets, ac academics, uh, or academia, let's call it, even institutions or, or celebrities, also uh, you know, media celebrities, influencers, uh, towards pointing at, at a certain target. Normally, this is done in, in, the, in the range of global uh, policies so there it would be a way that a country would deal with another country right in in a way of instead of in, in, uh, maybe uh, imp, in, implement, uh, implementing sanctions or other series of, of steps or to towards some sort of negotiation it would be this uh, this new replacement of of of, of the way a, a, a government would deal with uh, another one, you know, and uh, this term uh, was developed by Anne Marie Slaughter was uh, I think in the presentation uh, done for the uh, I think the, the Atlantic I, I think uh, and yeah. Uh, that's in 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 big terms. That's uh, what it means. Uh, I don't know if you want to add something, John. You got anything, uh, Radix? Uh, it just seems to be a connection of it's kind of like the, what they used to call the um, the next internet. You know, internet uh, 2.0 um, or the or the, um, what, the you could almost say internet of things now. Yeah, so. At least that's what it seemed to me. But 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 connecting it to groups and institutions and mm -hmm. around the world, you know, um, you could almost say it's returning the internet back to what it was initially designed to be by the you know the Department of Defense mm -hmm. as a way of like only the academia to be able to use it properly. And to discuss things properly, yeah, put in in a more closed manner. Uh, yeah, so sorry to interrupt, but just to put You're it in on Marie Slaughter's words is uh, uh, from his paper that uh, called "Webcraft and Global Liberal Order." <laughs> That's the name, right? Uh, <laughs> she's really bad with naming her uh, publications, but anyway says, as statecraft proves less and less able to solve or even tackle global problems, 
it is time to turn to webcraft. Statecraft is the traditional world of diplomacy, treaties and international institutions, with decisions traditionally made by statesmen. They were mostly men. In embassies and elegantly paneled foreign offices around the world, Webcraft is the foreign policy of the 21st century, a sprawling complex of network coalitions, partnerships, and initiatives undertaken by business, NGOs, churches, universities, foundations, cities, provinces, and very determined individuals, all working alongside or sometimes against their national government. Oh, how nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah sounds that, that, sounds, like, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds that, 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 up. <laughs> what they talked about um, at the World Economic Forum, they had this panel speech about the uh, fourth industrial revolution and how that would change government, but also like society. They talked about uh, automation, get putting pushing people out of jobs. And so what are these people going to do? Are we going to give them UBI? But they also said, and it's going to change as we move into the digital realm, it's going to change statecraft and it's going to change um, power politics that you will be able to, you know, tech companies are going to have more power because everybody's going to be tied into not only the Internet of Things, but this thing called the Internet of Bodies. So it's like your body is literally creates a network with a bunch of other people who have these sensors inside their bodies that are connected to the internet and are mo monitoring all your biometrics. So they're saying the people who have access to that technology and are controlling it like these tech companies, they're going to be able to know if a politician or somebody running for office has had an affair, had all of this blackmail material, like they were saying this and like, oh, you know, it, we might be able to um, exert like influence and pressure on them. It was really crazy. Uh, they talked about like a place like North Korea, having people uh, have to watch the propaganda videos every single morning and they would be able to monitor like their biometrics to know if they believe the things that they were saying in these propaganda videos where they have to like you know salute dear leader and stuff like that um it's just very orwellian yeah absolutely and just to you know uh give the final explanation and low yes it's webcraft starts from the proposition that while the international order is a world of sovereign states the only actors alongside international institutions recognized as subjects of international law. The world that we actually inhabit, as opposed to, to constructing in our minds and on paper, is a vast web of intersecting networks. Imagine a map of the internet or of the world at night with corridors of light crisscrossing continents, and you get the idea. And that, my friends, is the noosphere. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's also effectively a, a very chick and new agey way to uh, sell the public on abandoning democracy because we're all going to be connected in the uh, Nunosphere, uh, which, of course, uh, the elites will only have uh, full access to at the higher levels and uh, will thus decide uh, foreign policy without ever having to justify it to the voters, or really all policy for that matter. Yep. Uh, 
I mean, of course, obviously the public has almost nothing left with democracy anyway, but uh, at least, you know, we have to go through some bother of holding elections and that kind of thing. And, um, uh, well, I guess in the aftermath of General Miley, um, you know, we're not even really trying to hide the fact that we collaborate with foreign governments either, so... Ah, uh, okay. So, let's get into uh, one of the points here I've been really looking forward to discussing all week. And that is the rumblings about a left-wing version of QAnon, which some have dubbed BlueAnon. Yeah, that's original, isn't it? Are afoot. So, first off, what do these allegations consist of, and what are the alleged links to New America? Uh, John, do you want to start off with this one, and then I'll let Dr. Toro say his piece? Oh, yes. Okay, so, um, this is going to anger a lot of people, but I don't give a crap. Uh, so, I, I've been on 4chan for a long time. Uh, I mean, ever since I was back in college, uh, 2004. Um, and, you know, I, it, when Paul came about, um, especially, you know, the time I'm going to be discussing is around the election of Donald John Trump. And afterwards, around the time that you had the operation, uh, that, you know, involved from FBI and on into the QAnon operation being, uh, trial run on 4chan. There were rumors and gossip that there was a progressive version that was out there. And you would just hear echoes about it. You know, it'd be kind of be like, you know, you someone might mention it, you know, in a 300 thread about Seth Rich, right? And you, 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 you see it enough and you kind of pick on it. Now, at the time, I was a Trump supporter. At the time, I was completely brainwashed by the psychological, psychographical, and spiritual warfare uh, that was done, you know, by, you know, members of the QAnon operation on the American public. So I didn't think anything really of it, because it wasn't people being like, hey, there's a left QAnon, we should really look into it. It would just be like one person who probably was able to see that that was also going on, or maybe was a progressive, we could see what was going on, or whatever. It just happened to, to, to mention it as an aside, like the one person who... Uh, mentioned the CMP, thank you to the anonymous person, whoever that was on the board, that uh, eventually led to me, you know, worrying about the Council for National Policy and trying to tell us that Trump's not our guy, but I digress. But, so, I heard I heard echoes. And then every so often I hear a certain name pop up, one Louise Minch. And I was like, okay, sure. So, you know, here I'm on Twitter now. You know, and I'm and I'm seeing all these networks interacting with each other, and who's defending who, and who's platform boosting who. And so, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm watching Louise mention she's always Russia this, Russia that, Russia, 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 Russia. And look, I'm no fan of Russia. I'm no fan of Vladimir Putin. Um, I understand some of the, you know, concerns that the progressives had about Russia. However, I will state that uh, you know there is kind of a, uh, an obsession to the point where they disregard, you know, the United States interests involved in the QAnon operation, the election of Donald John Trump, or or the Israeli connections. If you mention anything like Joe Zamella, Sigrup, like you mentioned earlier, you're anti-Semitic, but I digress. Um, 
You know, so one day, you know, I they have the the Council for National Policy uh, link. I've never discussed this publicly, but I I'm going to now. I don't give a crap. So I, you know, was reaching out to one Brent Allpress. Now Brent Allpress, you'll see him on Twitter. Uh, he's in the documentary People. Um, things called People You Know with uh, Council on Foreign Relations member Ann Nelson. who wrote the book The Shadow Network on the CMP, which I did get some good information from her book. However, um, it mainly dealt with the political, like the, the not the political, the, um, well, so it was politics, but kind of like the social issues of the CMP, like um, abortion, being anti-abortion or anti-homosexual marriage or, 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 or um, uh, st- you know, causing issues with voting, which they do. I mean, look at John Kenneth Blackwell. I, I rail against him to no end in the 2004 election. Uh, between Bush and, and Kerry, whoever wins, we lose because they're both bonesmen, but whatever. Um, and but, 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 you know, if I was going to write about a book on the CMP and if I ever get around to it, I will. Yeah, you might say I'm a little slanted because I'm a Christian conservative. The social issues, I kind of just, like, I, I'm pro-life, you know? I'm pro-life. I'm anti-homosexual marriage. So I kind of like look at those and I'm like, eh, but even if you are progressive, and I have progressive friends who know about the CMP and they look at things, you know, the grand scheme of things, they, you know, they, they, they might look at it differently social issues than I do, but they admit the sins of the CMP aren't so much the controlling of these social issues. It's the Latin American death squads. It's the Franklin scandal. It's the Ron Contra affair. It's their involvement in 9-11. You know, it, th- those are the major issues, you know. The, the war on terror. The, the, those, those, those. You know, there's, there's numerous murders. But yeah, it's also like the uh, what people, their main, people. main mission is is to preserving American uh, Christian nation. You know, to promote the Judeo Christian values. And well, well, towards the, that goal, that's where they manipulate education sector thanks to. Well, that's, uh, seven mountains Dominion, that's Seven Mountains Dominionism, Arturo. I would say that's not Christian. That's a hijacking of Christianity um, as a Christian. Well, exactly. But, um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I would, I, I, I can understand that, but they're using, they're doing it in the name of Christianity. That's correct, yes. 100%, yes, you're right, they are. Um, and, and so, you know, and she did discuss some of that in her book. She did. Um, but overall, it's not really what, you know, I would... I would say that, the, you know, though dominionism has, is a, is, look, Christ does not need our help to bring down, to, to build, to make his kingdom on earth, okay? He, Christ can do that, God can do that on his own. Well, <laughs> I'm heavily against dominionism. Um, but, it's, so, I, I guess I'm, you know, but as people in the same, you know, network, we're talking about, you know, the, 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 the um, people you may know, documentary, Charles Cantel, I think I'm pronouncing his name too, was the director. And so, you know, they discuss the CMP and glue in churches, which is a problem. And I'm angry about, you know, the CMP co-opting churches and leading people, trying to lead people away from, you know, Christ, you know. And I, I, I rail up against that as much as I possibly can. The, the phony Christians, a lot of them are. So, you know, I, I, they, they leaked the, the, the Council for National Policy list. So I contact Brent Allpress on Twitter. And I'm like, you know, my hey, you know, I'm been exposing the CMP, and I and recluse can attest to this, and Arturo and Radix, you know, like 
I, I've I've moved the ball forward since Josh Reeves moved the ball forward since Peter Dell Scott moved the ball forward. All right, like I'm openly like railing against the CMP, try to get as much you know much documents as I can to bring to light. Like I'm doing my best here. All right, among others. And so I'm I'm having this conversation with all press, and and so you know he's like you know here's my signal number you can call me you know, and, and so you know I'm thinking about you know thinking he's an honest CMP he's a progressive Australian but you know like he he, he, he they, I'm glad they leaked the new list you know so I mean you know, and so you know of course I honestly disclosed to him like hey you know like I'm a Christian conservative but the CMP is supposed to represent me but they don't they're a horrible organization. The moment I said that, all of a sudden he equates me to being high up in the CMP, and I'm just some dude from North Carolina. It goes on this long diatribe about how I need to tell my bosses that they're going down, and and all the churches are going down because they've all been in bed with the CMP. Every single freaking church in the United States somehow is in bed with the CMP, and uh, and uh, you know so, you know sucks my you know for my religion that you know that, that, that I'm not gonna be able to go to church anymore, and I need to tell my bosses and. And, and, and uh, you know, Biden administration is going to come down of all of them, and they're going to go to Gitmo. Uh, there's going to be mass trials and tribunals, and, and uh, you know, I, I need I need to, to get out now, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? You know, like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, first of all, as much as I've exposed them to CMP, and all y'all can attest to this, all right? Thinking I'm working for the CMP just because I'm a Christian conservative is ludicrous, okay? It's, 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 it's absurd. But then, only not only that, literally give the same talking points that the QAnon operation people did, but on the left. And then he goes, hashtag follow the dominoes. And I'm like, follow the dominoes. So I put the hashtag into Twitter. And I started bringing up a lot of people discussing it, but in the same terms that Biden's going to arrest them any day now. And that bar Durham's actually working for Biden. But now, when you go search follow the hashtag follow the dominoes on Twitter, I'm the only one that's talked about it, and all of those tweets have been mysteriously deleted. Now, granted, I think, I think I have some of them saved, or at least discussions of me just talking about them. Okay, so I can prove this. That I just haven't made this in the thin air, alright? I at least have the private messages, which I don't leak this stuff and I'm not planning to, of Brent Allpress discussing it with me, okay? That was the first time I came face to face with left QAnon. And I was like, this guy is well liked on progressive Twitter for being the CMP exposure. Okay? And networked himself with Ann Nelson, CFR member, in this documentary, like beloved by this research community. And he's giving me Luis Mench's wet dreams in a mirror of the QAnon operation, but for the left. Now, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, okay, at worst, this, at best, this guy is extremely paranoid, and I'm, you know, what's going, he's having a mental breakdown in front of me, like, what is this, alright? But, at worst, he's in on it, right? So, I don't know what to say about all this. I still don't know what all to say. I mean, that's why I haven't discussed this publicly until now. The reason why I'm discussing it publicly, because I'm tired of it. I have given you guys ample chances, ample chances on Twitter to admit 
that you guys are either part, willingly part of an operation or that, you know, you've been used. I've given you ample chances to admit, to admit Peter Till's involvement in Operation Warp Speed with Operation Tiberius Kirk. Ample chances to admit Stanley McChrystal's. If you really dig, it's there. Stanley McChrystal was probably higher up than Michael Flynn in the QAnon operation. It's all there. All right? And I have to, to give Arturo all the props for being long-suffering to try to get you guys to see it in a minute. All right? And none of you want to. So you go online, and yeah, I'm talking about you, Jim Stewartson. All right? You go online, and you post these pictures of Louise Minch with Eric Prince and Milo Yiannopoulos. And yeah, Mercer, CMP, yeah, they're all involved. All right? They're all, they're all involved together. But Jim... Ew, you're involved too. You all are. I have a tweet saved to you, Jim, saying it's your turn to run an op. It's crazy how underground left QAnon is. That can barely find, just me being aware of it, can barely find the information. But it's there. And enough people can see it too. And this blue and all limited hangout because both sides are working together, right? So, so once I start talking about it, what happens? Oh, little Bannon's little buddy boy, Jack Posovic, starts pushing this blue and on crap. Because I got y'all's numbers. I know what's going on. You can run your little ops on progressives all you want to and come out like you're the heroes and smelling like roses? Bullcrap! You try to oppose running of psychological and psychographical operations only when it's, it's people being brainwashed to the radical right, but you could care less when people are brainwashed with the same operations to the radical left. It's sickening. It's disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourselves. All of you. Arturo, do you have anything to add? Uh, gee. <laughs> no, well, not really. Like, can't really disagree with what John said, actually, because regarding my opinion on how I've seen the actions of this counteroffensive against QAnon, has been <laughs> spotty at best, and that's giving it too much. Like, <laughs> no, it's been really suspicious as can be, right? And I'm not even going to glorify them by putting out their names. They already know who they are. But, you know, you, if, if you are, you know, dealing or exposing this kind of things, right, don't be surprised about actually finding yourself in the middle of this psychological storm, right? So I, I, I believe that it's one is always being just really aware of where the information is coming from, why it was even, you know, why is this information even coming out, right? Because 
uh, relevant information, we've seen that sometimes it's really almost impossible to get out. Or that journalists really have like a, a you know, a horse-like, uh, only look at the front kind of point of view. And, uh, you know, it's, that's when you, you got a question. The, the best example that I can think about is the epic hack thing that happened last week. Uh, if you guys haven't done, uh, don't know about it, last week, Alleged Anonymous uh, put out uh, years of, of data, some word, uh, word uh, play on words that they used, uh, regarding the epic server. Uh, the the epic hack so and 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 basically it's just targets or the main thing that they're selling is that there's a bunch of information regarding right-wing extremist websites and so oh there's a lot of information there so and the next day that the CEO of that company that got hacked yeah yeah there's a live stream with uh, you know on his prayer chat application that he has and all anonymous shows up and he just plays on with it you know and i'm seeing it and it looks like a show it, it after it's, after not to mean to interrupt you arturo and it, it does seem like it's a show it's surreal but after all these people on the left QAnon researcher group okay the progressive research crew all right they say don't trust anonymous. Anonymous is all bullcrap. It's all an operation. All of that. Okay. Now all of a sudden, because it feeds their needs, that some right wing information's been linked. Right. Okay. All of a sudden, they're on board. Yeah. And and again, if you haven't seen the HBO documentary on QAnon, uh, you're gonna find that uh, you know the guy that leaked this epic hack thing or that was is the main media connection to uh with this uh, hack that happened is the same guy that was accusing uh this guy jim watson watkins excuse me mm -hmm. uh of being a hardcore pedophile and that hit the news almost a year ago and you know we well, since that happened it was like okay so where's the evidence you know because they were allegedly they found some uh, urls that alleged that hinted as having you, you know illegal content mm -hmm. you know, something like preteens or stuff like that mm -hmm. but it ended up being uh, clickbait and so that thing was pushed by the same people that are pushing the epic hack right now. And you and I, games. and you and I have discussed. You and I, Radix, have discussed that there were some, you know, child pornography being pushed on certain boards that walk the Watkinsons knew on HN. but none of that was discussed by any of these people. And one of the moderators quit from eight from eight poll because of that. And the evidence is all there. You can go back and look of people discussing this <clears throat> on HN. But no, 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 it's not that. It's a wild goose chase that never came to fruition about some domains in Watkins. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah, and so this 
alleged anonymous collective that if you trace them back is the same kind of people that were involved with Weave, with Sabu, and, and, you know, they come from the same group of people. It's this guy named Neil Rauhauser that few people mention, but I'm going to take the honor and, you know, he, you know, you got to notice those kind of players in the background that suddenly appear to be related with all this group and that, yeah. you know, just by chance, I'm going to say that just by, you know, <laughs> just a strange coincidence that the same guy has posted five or six articles on Robert David Steele's blog, you know, yes, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of like a really funny coincidence and makes you just kind of wonder like are this you know why suddenly like first of all if you analyze the article it never explains how those the hack was even performed i mean uh and if it was a hack right it's something illegal yeah why didn't it was reported to the police why isn't there an investigation the owner even claimed to have lost like $100,000 because somebody hacked his Coinbase. And I mean, $100,000 sounds like a, an amount enough to get kind of pissed off about. Right? If, yep. if, if somebody stole it. So why is this guy just having, uh, you know, this group conversations with the alleged or self-appointed criminals? Right? The people that Basically yeah, why is the police involved in this? Yeah, why is it on the internet being streamed to everybody? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and so those are the kind of things that are happening right now that uh, people, some of the people that are fighting QAnon that simply ignore it, right? Because, oh, no, we are in for the... A bigger cause that it's bringing this information, but at the cost of creating this information, you know, at the cost of uh, taking advantage of the victims, uh, of, of you know, what is the cost or, or what is the conditions that this alleged, uh, you know, influx of social fighters or of hacktivists or people that really don't have anything to do with the problem, right? And that they embedded themselves, but at the same time, create more problem. And I yeah. and I told that to uh, you know, one of the people that uh, we mentioned, and regarding like, because it, it suddenly this fight against this information suddenly be, started becoming the fight against the people harassing the guy fighting this information. No, and and. And at one point, it became about someone. It, it, it's not about personalities. That would be falling to the same mistake that uh, the MAGA people did. And it went. And it went from, "Hey, we should feel bad for a lot of the true believers that fell for the operation," because it was psychographical, psychological, and spiritual warfare done on mass to the world population. It went from maybe we should try to help, you know, get them out of it, to they're all guilty. Let's hunt them all down. Yep. Yeah, that's another inconsistency that I said. Like, if you believe half of the crap that you preach regarding the people being a psyop into believing, that you would understand that they are victims. Right? Not somebody that you can grab as a piñata. Right? And, and just 
you know, uh, you know, hit on them on Publix just so you're like, yeah, you, you know, the hero and stuff. The QAnon Slayer, you know, hashtag. <laughs> Why any day now Merrick Garland's going to arrest Roger Stone and Ali Alexander? <laughs> yeah, I've been... I've been Rhodes, and, any day now. And Stuart Rhodes. Any day now. And I've been, I've been watching who constantly... Every now and then, you throw a little bone for a little bit of plausible deniability, and you're like, well, I guess yeah. maybe. And every day, every now I bring up, who's still one of the main people in charge of Pacific Command? Charlie Flynn. Huh. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're sealed indictments under all your stuff. Oh, they believe in sealed indictments, too. And people are going to Gimbo and Mary Garland any day now. <laughs> exactly. And, right. and now they're all mad at Christopher Way because Christopher Way hasn't done anything. Imagine that. Jeez. But he was their hero. <laughs> So yeah, you know, there's certainly a situation, and and you know, learning from the past, from errors from the past, I think that we are dealing with them as grown-ups, and not giving them air, not fighting with them openly because it's a waste of energy, it's a waste of you know your integrity, even some of the times, uh, and and that's what they want, right? And and it's like no point even. Discussing with, with well, I, heard, I, I remember when you know you started talking about McChrystal on the conspiracy distillery, and I wasn't like, Hey, I didn't even know about the operators, I didn't know how deep McChrystal was in, I, I didn't know like, any of it, you know. And I remember going, Oh, tell me more. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, I don't want to hear about this, or I wasn't like, I don't, I don't have the time. Or I wasn't like, I'm not so sure about McChrystal that there's not enough evidence. Because if you really look, there's plenty. Upon plenty, upon plenty. They still have the same lawyer. Mm-hmm. They're blood brothers, right? They're brothers under the skin. Yeah. I mean, they, they're like close. I don't even... Yeah, like they're they're tight. Probably they went gay on each other sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not going that far. But, uh, but, uh, but, but their I mean, families even <laughs> yes. their families were like yes. family to each other. You yeah, know, and when you when you are overseas and you are in, in a unit like that, that is your family. And if you read the operators, um, it goes into great detail about the McChrystals and the Flynns, the wives hanging out like they're they were to kill like a from family. A crystal. They're willing right. to kill from a crystal. And Charlie, Flynn, not Charlie they Flynn. Kill. Um, who's the other Flynn brother? Ja- uh, Joseph Flynn. He goes on Twitter sometimes, he's like, I don't understand what happened to Stanley. I don't understand. And, you know, and, and all the rest of them are eating him up, you know, believing that Stanley has nothing to do with any of this. And I'm like, you guys know that he's just saying that plausible deniability. Like, it's obvious. Alright? He's never really truly said anything pointed at Stanley McChrystal other than I'm disappointed. Like, wagging, like, how could Stanley do such a thing against us? You know? There's nothing really outing Stanley McChrystal. It's just wagging their finger. It's okay, Faith. Wrestling terms. Ball crap. Yeah. Stay. Exactly. No, I think yeah. that the, this is absolutely spot on. I do think they're doing the same thing to the left. 
it's the same kind of operation. It's run the same way. It's very easy to do because the left, even more than the right, are exist within an isolated echo chamber. Um, they don't interact with people on the other side, really. Not only that, but they don't pay attention to like the things that the other side is doing. There was a study done of like Twitter followers, and it showed that people that were right-leaning followed left-leaning sources also, in addition to right-leaning sources. But the people on the left only followed other leftists. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they're a perfect echo chamber to be able to insert that kind of psychological warfare psychographic warfare um <laughs> it's really easy and they're also typically more overly socialized so they have more trust in institutions like the media like the government like the fbi they don't question that because they they have they were just raised so much in the system that they can't conceive of things outside of their worldview so you see a lot of the same things. The stuff that they claim to be totally against is exactly what they do. Um, <laughs> and so it's just kind of stunning, the, the lack of sort of self-awareness there. But I, I do see it. I think it's real. And I also think that they're capitalizing on this, right? They've created a niche market called anti-disinformation research and they've yep. now build themselves as experts yeah they're QAnon experts they're counter extremism experts they're yep. anti-disinformation experts but they don't have any law enforcement training they don't have any training in the intelligence field they don't work for um the federal government in a counter terror capacity they don't actually know what any of that stuff means nor do they understand how it works so they want to play cop they want to play federal agent i mean one guy i'm not going to say his name but you know who i'm talking about that's big on this anti-disinformation <laughs> thing he's actually asking for a domestic cia he's like mm -hmm. oh the cia is barred from operating domestically but we need one of those we need a domestic cia that specific focus is counter disinformation the fbi <laughs> right hello yeah. who, who who keeps falling on their face by the way and somehow manages to be in bed with i don't know the order of the nine angles for example <laughs> you know the oath keepers for example i mean they just keep showing up right they're yeah. running operations, right? You know? Yeah, but, uh, you know, and I think and that it's more. important to acknowledge because, you know, just speaking as, you know, I'm not even an American, so uh, I'm just going to speak like a, a third entity here, is that it goes both ways. Right? It, it goes both ways. Each side thinks the worst about the other side. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, and then that, and each side is in their own virtual bubble and that's that's another fact right even if we don't want to even if, if we if if we try to search for you know I may, maybe sometimes i i you know let's say i subscribe to this channel because it's the opposing point of view of mine i do that too we all and do and, that and, and but 
yeah, but sometimes you just click this like, or just because you don't look at it so long, the algorithm is not going to show you that channel too much. It's going to mm -hmm. give priority to another one. Right. And, and so the, cr the creation of the virtual bubble is something that, uh, you know, we, we don't do it intentionally. It's just a phenomenon that happens, right? And, and encapsulates each one and what each other has been trying to is to inject each other's bubble with their uh, with their ideology or just trying to infect and and this goes back into this whole uh, brain world brain right and and the noosphere and so on because there's a really interesting article in the Guardian that I posted on on, on Twitter uh, that I really recommend I, I can't recommend like it's the the name of the article is called Google Democracy and the Truth about the about internet search <laughs> and it's really it, it's really 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 good and you know by just the only thing that we need is acknowledging that we are we're you know the first step is, is admitting you know uh, that we are in such bubble or in such state or and, and so on that's the, f the first step in, into doing something about it or just being aware that by design right by intelligent design the algorithm or the results that we see are pretty much tailored yeah or liking yeah absolutely yep yep i'll get something different search results and you'll get different search results and mm -hmm. you know borrow my term friend jesse spots uses we're all putting our own digital ghettos away from each other on the internet as we're isolated with our own thoughts and feelings that's you true, know. and they feed you thoughts and feelings that you think are your own, that you think you came to organically. Yeah, Neil Sanders. Yeah, your thoughts yeah, are not your own. Exactly. You know? Yes, I mean, and, you know, he talked about Cambridge having 8,000 unique data points on every single person, every voter. That's insane. Imagine what you could do if you knew th that much information about somebody. Just imagine yeah, how yeah. you could nudge you them. You can change culture. Nudge you. can change culture in this core. That's what you yeah. can do. And the thing is, is, you know, I have progressive friends who police their own side and their own beliefs, right? And Radix and I tend to lean right, you know? But we're out here railing against, you know, the phony right, you know? And so mm -hmm. all I ask these people is a little bit of intellectual honesty, you know? Yeah. That's all I ask. If I you're going to be progressive, you know, call, you know, progressives used to call out the military-industrial complex, big pharma, big corporations, and big academia. No, they don't anymore in mass. Now, some do. Some still do. But, but I mean, that's all I'm asking for. It's just a, it's just a little bit of intellectual honesty and mm -hmm. a little bit of trying to overcome your own cognitive biases that we all have, you know? And, 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 and that's why I'm happy when, you know, people do do that. You know, there are progressives that I respect, like George from CavDev.org or or, or Lulu, or I know Neil says he's not, but he does have some progressive leanings, in my opinion. You know, and and and, and you know, we, we can disagree how we feel about social issues. You know, but we all want the world order and, and the various groups in it to be held accountable. You know, people ask me why do I spend so much time talking about the CMP so much because Biden's in power now, and I'm like, well, because no one talks about them. That's why, because I have to police my own. You know, I'm mm -hmm. conservative. That's why I'm going to talk about everybody else is covering Biden and what Biden's doing and, you know, what that side of the world order is doing. And, yeah, I talk about it sometimes, too, because I despise Biden. 
I despise Biden as much as I despise Trump. Oh, horrible. And so, you know, that's what used to conspiracy research and conspiracy theorists, for lack of a better term, we used to have that agreement. But when the psychological and psychological warfare operations started during the Obama administration, we become divided. And the more we're divided and not holding each other's sides accountable and not researching all this information and everything, the more they get away with stuff. And they will continue to get away with stuff. Sad. It's really now, sad. No, no, just one thing that I think <clears throat> that is important to, because when you say, you know, it started on the Obama administration, many, and I've seen many people that think that, you know, it was started by Obama. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not liberating him from any responsibility, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but in this specific case, you know, the Tea Party showed up when Obama got in which power. was a CMP operation, and mm -hmm. that's where you get the birther birth certificate. Like they, you know, I do and believe that's Obama. where Jerome Corsi. That's uh huh. Well, and I Party is Jerome Corsi. Literally, somewhat earlier with the anti-immigration movement that kind of spawned the uh, Minutemen Mark II uh, with the border and what have you. I mean, I actually kind of think that was an even an earlier version to sort of astroturf something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, is I, I now I do believe Obama knew and didn't care. You know, or had his own even playing play, play in the theatrics, too. The same with Hillary Clinton, you know. But to say that the CMP wasn't involved with the Tea Party or wasn't involved, you know, with the birtherism, you know, that was all to build the mythos of Donald Trump looking back on it now. So it was. And look, mm -hmm. I don't like Obama either. I like any president I can think of, period. And then America's history. So, I mean, let's be real here. I mean... They had to have Obama, and they had to have Hillary Clinton versus Trump to get Trump. And then they had to, you know, get Trump. Uh, the reason why Trump lost, in my opinion now, was for Biden to come in for everything that we have to do with COVID. So, it, it's, 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 it, and sad enough, I know you guys might scoff at me now, but I believe Trump's coming back. Well, Trump pushes the vaccines all the time, even still. I mean, he yeah, brags about them. The, the rub came, Radix, is now he's against the boosters. And says that he was fooled. Oh. There's the rub. There's oh, the rub. Oh. So, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it blows my mind how diabolical this stuff is. And the and, and thing is, is, these people don't have... Like we look at January six real quick, and I, and I know we got to wrap up, but the sedition hunters are going after majority of the people that were brainwashed, and yeah, you know those people do should be, have to be somewhat held accountable. But the thing is, is all that time and devotion spent on that, and there were people that even got caught up that weren't even there at the Capitol yep. riots, okay? And they're they're being treating on human too. They were being led by McChrystal, Flynn, Bannon, Stone, Ollie Alexander, Alex Jones, you know, like Robert David Steele. Like how many people Rhodes. do I have? Stuart, like how many people do I have to Moon. list here? You know, and, and, and these just yeah, just Sean Moon. Yeah, just just real quick, just as a hint, just so you can see the 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 effect of the philosophy or, or the or the yeah the the 
what the Tea Party was pushing. Look for, uh, you know, there was this girl that went kind of viral that was getting out of the January 6th. It was a video from January 6th, and this girl crying, and and they, she's being taken out because she was maced, you know, and somebody asking what happened, and she's like, oh, we got maced. We were just in the Capitol, and somebody maced me. And and somebody asking, what, what, what were you doing in the Capitol or something like that? And she asked, she answers, oh, but we were storming the Capitol. It, it, it's the revolution. And yeah. the se- second American revolution yeah. is, yeah. Uh, you know, just the book, the first book on Q that came out from Neon Revolt. What was the name of the book? The second American revolution. And yeah. encapsulated was a big Q. Yeah, and, and you have Ginny uh, Beth Martin, uh, Tea Party Patriots, uh, tea, that started Tea Party movement. She was there at the January 6th, you know, the day before all the rallies that they had were being put forth by these same groups being put forth by the Cokes and the Mercers. All right. So the CAP was very much involved with January 5th and January 6th and everything leading up to it. And yeah, a lot of these progressive researchers they do discuss the intricacies of it to some degree right but the thing is is they go around and they go well i don't understand why none of these people are being held accountable it's the dangering of the care the same thing that happened during the QAnon operation with uh trust durham trust bar i mean we Pell and bar is one of the most corrupt people ever walked the face of the earth all right so you know so it's the same with trust Merrick garland you know it's ridiculous and so while they're going around doing sedition hunting you know, hunting these people that were, a lot of them were brainwashed, and we should, you know, yes, they need to be held accountable to some degree, depending on their actions, but at the same time, you have to go, well, they were brainwashed by the government to do it. They wouldn't have been there if there wasn't psychological, psychographical warfare going on. Yes, and right? how many groups that were part of, like, leading that were led by federal agents or federal informants. Like, yes. literally led by government agents into the building. It's so stunning. Instead of, you know, most of those people, all the time they've done with sedition, honey, the, the, you go top down, all right? Why aren't you spending the time outing Bannon, Flynn, McChrystal, you know, like the list goes on and on of everybody who's been involved in January 5th and 6th in the QAnon operation, you know? So, like, like that's who your focus should be. If you want justice, you go after them first, first and foremost, but no, you want to, I just, I don't, you claim that you're for the victims of the psychological and psychological warfare, but you're not. You're not. We care about them. You guys don't. Ridiculous. And if you read the stories of some of these people, too, it's heartbreaking. Some of these people are literally, like, mentally ill. They're not even, like mentally competent to understand mm-hmm. like what's happening mm-hmm. in court some mm-hmm. of them are indigent they can't afford lawyers they have to have court appointed attorneys um you know one of them had uh they, they got like mental testing and like he, he's schizophrenic that's mm-hmm. jacob chansley the QAnon shaman he's literally schizophrenic and he's a veteran like there are tons of veterans um there's a lot of weird stuff going on. There are people that have, like, four children at home. Their wives are losing their houses. Uh, their kids are, 
you know, they don't, they're worried if the, their dad's not going to come home for 20 years. Like, there are very sad stories. And some of these people didn't even go inside the Capitol. They were, like, on the steps of the Capitol or, or something like that. Or they knew people that, they... that went into the Capitol. There's been people that right. weren't even there that just knew people, you know? Yes. And it, and so, it, and then people are like, yeah, they all deserve it. Let them run Gitmo, you know? Well, they're yeah. like, well, I don't understand why Steve Bannon is. I don't understand why Roger Stone. I don't understand why Alexander. I don't understand why Alex Jones. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's disingenuous at best, and it's nefarious at worst. And I think it's likely nefarious at this well, point. And the other thing is, look at how that precedent is going to be used against leftists in the future. Yeah. You know, it's going to swing back on their own people, but they don't care. Of course it will. They don't care. They don't give up. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> to wrap up, let's step up for a moment and look at the bigger picture in regards to the media and all of this. Uh, I mean, underlining some of these initiatives about the new America is uh, an unholy alliance between big tech, specifically Google and Facebook, and the glorious legacy media. This feels like a final desperate ploy by the legacy media to maintain some semblance of relevancy in the 21st century. The first decade of this century witnessed the 2000 election debacle, the sensational accounts of the 2001 anthrax attack, you could also throw in the DC sniper one at that, uh, the 2003 invasion of Iraq, of course who could ever forget the weapons of mass destruction claims, and the bootlooking coverage of the 2007 and 2008 subprime mortgage crisis, among other quote-unquote highlights. Any sensible person, frankly, lost faith in the legacy media around 2008. Most within said institutions did not realize how far from grace they had fallen until around 2015 or so. Since then, they have been trying to find someone or something to blame for this state of affairs. Someone other than themselves. So, what of it? Is this said attempt at censoring the alternative media the final last Hail Mary to try to maintain relevancy? I know this is like something we're all very personally invested in, so, um, yeah. Uh, so, John, do you want to start us off? Yeah, of course it is. Um, you know, I mean, look, we all know that the truth movement was never for the truth. Uh, as far as the collective truth movement, that's always been co-opted primarily by the Council for National Policy and the John Birch Society. Um... And so, so there's like maybe out of 95% of the people out there that are trying to get the truth out there, um, 5% of them are genuine, you know, sad. Maybe the, maybe the percentage is a little bit more. I, I have no idea. Um, so, but, but I mean, just out of that alone, the 5% that are truly out there and some have co cost their lives like Gary Webb or Gary Caridori, um, They've gotten to the point now where anybody who just makes, you know, as, as Jeremy Roth Cushell and Greg McCarran say from the antidote of the radical middle, anybody just makes a comment that's just a middle-of-the-road comment. For example, you know, I discussed issues with non-native EMF and health and um, the COVID vaccines. And I was like, you know, I on Twitter, you know, I wrote a post. I said, um... You know, look, you know, some people like Mike Adams, a Scientologist, going around saying that 5G and the COVID vaccines are going to kill everybody. Okay? And I'm like, well, no. I mean, look, let's be real here. Corona, the vaccines, and non-native EMF have made people ill. They've, had, they've disabled people, and they've killed people, all three of them combined. 
and but they're not extinction level events in above themselves. And that's a very middle of the road, you know, approach that that is true. You know, there have been people, you know, who have died from COVID, there been people who have been got long COVID syndrome. There have been people who have died from the vaccines. There have been people who have gotten health effects from the vaccines. Same with non-native EMF. Non-native EMF has made people ill. Non-native EMF exposure has caused cancer that has killed people. Um, and you can prove all, all that logically. That's not a, you know, an extremist statement one way or the other that the vaccines are going to kill every single person on the planet or that COVID's going to kill every single person on the planet, okay? And there are people who, you know, that might be very far extremes, but there are a lot of people who believe very close to that. And they're allowed all day long to give their opinions on Twitter, you know, for the most part. I've seen both people push both extremes, right? Go get your damn vax. It's going to save us all. Everyone's going to die of COVID. Or don't get the vax. It's going to kill us all. It's an extinction level event. And they're allowed to be on their Twitter. I go there and try to be the voice of reason to the best of my ability and kind of disprove a lot of the information warfare that's going on surrounding these things. And I'm the one that gets 12-hour uh, block and have to delete that post and continue to tweet. That's what it's come down to. Anybody who tries to think for themselves, anybody who tries to use logic, anybody who tries to say, wait a minute, maybe we should try to understand this and not be so polarizing, okay? A lot of them end up getting banned or pushed off the social media platforms. The social media platforms actually push extreme polarizing views no matter how extreme they are. Because that's one of their jobs to do is to push this information out like in that regard. And it, it seems to reaffirm itself more and more as we go on, right? And they still take people down with extremist views. You know, I'm not saying that they don't. They do. You know, there's people that they take down who says that COVID doesn't exist. There's people that they take down that, you know, rarely that, you know, that say that the vaccine's 100% safe, but I have seen it happen. So, you know, I... It seems that they're, they're trying their best to polarize everyone. They're trying their best to just throw out all the disinformation that they possibly can to gaslight and confuse as many people as they possibly can. For example, one thing, last thing I can say in closing is Dr. Andrew Kaufman, who, um, in my opinion, is a fraudster. Um, who believes 100% in terrain theory and that all disease is auto-generated. From what I've seen, he's him making statements that COVID doesn't exist, it's auto-generated. He's been banned and persecuted, you know, however, you know, he's able to pay Facebook or a group of people are able to pay Facebook for him or organizations able to pay, pay Facebook for him to put up ads to alternative uh, media groups my friend Kate Kev Baker, shout out to Kev Baker, Kev Baker Show, who rails against this stuff all the time. Um, he brought that to my attention that, that Facebook was literally trying to suggest Andrew Kaufman to him. And Andrew Kaufman pushes that COVID doesn't exist. You would think Facebook would be trying to deny that, right? But it doesn't. When you have David Icke going out there saying COVID doesn't exist, reaching millions of people, 
and also pushing other narratives too, playing all of this and being a theosophist and a new ager. And I digress. Those are the two polarizing beliefs. COVID doesn't exist. COVID is the worst thing ever. And only vaccines can save us. And anybody who thinks outside of those camps, they're yelled at. It's the same with me reeling against the CMP so much that I get called a communist. But anybody knows me in my personal life, I have many who could be considered conservative right-wing views. It's 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 taking away true voices of people trying to do accurate research, and people that are trying to disarm polarization, and not stoke it. Anybody who tries to do those things gets marginalized or forced off. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that's how I feel about it. And that's what I see. Radix, uh, what's your take? Yeah, I agree. I think that's absolutely true. And I think that that's why they keep everybody in these separate echo chambers. You know, how often do the left and the right actually talk to each other? They probably yeah. don't. <laughs> no. You know, uh, except to debate, you know, to have their little blood sports debates that don't really accomplish anything. Um, you don't convince anyone of any anything. They all, like, they show up with their ideology and mindset, and that's exactly how they leave. Um, so, yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening here. I think that New, New America Foundation is part of this, creating this new narrative for the new digital age, right? Um, it's echoing a lot of the things that we hear from the World Economic Forum about this new world, the new normal that we're going to be moving into, and how they want the elites to be able to run and manage that. And this kind of, you know, ties in with uh, what they've talked about, um, you know, having citizens that, like, talk against their government or whatever, um, what they really want is to disempower sovereign nations, democracy, and they want sort of these pseudo um, corporate, like quasi government, quasi corporate organizations running things, these networks of NGOs and experts. Um, I think that's what they're about and where this is going. And I do think that uh, the goal is to pol polarize the country as much as possible, push people to the extremes to the point where, um, you know, there's no common ground anymore. There's no polite coexistence. Um, I think that really it's part of the planned destruction of the country. And as the, the name of the organization says, to, to rebuild a new America. Well, before you can do that, you first have to destroy America. And then you can come in as the savior and say, well, if only we did things this way, none of that stuff would have happened uh, I think that's the goal, and I do think that you're right that anybody that is kind of um, 
you know, and a unique or independent voice that thinks outside of these little pre-designed paradigms that have been created for us, they are the ones that get silenced and banned. Um, you know, I, I don't have a Twitter anymore. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's how it is. Arturo? No, not 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 really. Any uh, they John uh, and Christina really did a good job. That's nothing to add. At, extra. Okay. Well, on that note, then I suppose we should wrap up. Uh, I want to thank you guys. Um, as always, it's always a pleasure to have each one of you on, and this has been an absolutely fascinating uh, discussion. Hopefully, those of you listening have enjoyed it as much as we have. As always, thank you guys for your support. And on that note, good night and good luck to you all.